Welcome to the official Ronnie Landis Podcast Show, where you learn to upgrade the human experience through natural nutrition, lifestyle design, and consciousness engineering. This is no ordinary health or personal growth podcast, and Ronnie Landis is definitely no ordinary host. Ronnie Landis is an integrative nutritionist, transformation coach, and human behavioral specialist. He brings on some of the world's leading thought leaders to deliver to you the most cutting-edge information and unique perspectives so you can create the life of your dreams. Get ready to receive your upgrade in all you believed was possible, starting now. Welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis Show, and I am your host, Ronnie Landis. Before we dive headfirst in today's groundbreaking and perspective-altering episode, I want to share a 60-second audio with you explaining my digital holistic nutrition certification program, the Holistic Health Mastery Program. This is a brand new recording, and I'm really excited to share it with you, so indulge me for 60 seconds and enjoy. Welcome to Holistic Health Mastery, the master's class of natural nutrition. This unique online certification program offers unparalleled wisdom on health, living foods, detoxification, longevity, and personal empowerment. Access a curriculum designed to offer far beyond the traditional teachings of nutrition, merging ancient wisdom with cutting-edge science, all delivered through an easy-to-use platform. Study each lesson at the comfort of your own home, on any device. Access over 70 video lessons and start from anywhere in the program. You are in control of the pace, where even a daily 20-30 to 30 minute investment is enough to complete the course within six months. Once you're ready, take the quiz and you're on your way to be certified as a holistic health master. In addition, you'll have access to extra features, such as monthly student support calls and an online community of students and masterminds actively discussing and sharing insights to support your education. It's time to invest in yourself and in future generations to come. Join the new leaders of natural nutrition and become a significant part of building a new paradigm in health and consciousness. So there you have it. That is the Holistic Health Mastery Program, and I'm so excited to continue to share this amazing opportunity with people all over the world. We have over 200 plus students from all over the world, and it's constantly growing. The feedback that I get on this is just really amazing, beyond my original expectations. So if you want to find out more information about this, you want to get in more details, you want to review the curriculum, or you're just ready to enroll right now, go to holistichealthmastery.com. And if you enter in the coupon code R-O-N-L-E-E, that's Ron Lee, you're going to get 10% off your enrollment fee, which can be pretty significant depending on which plan you choose for yourself. Again, that link is holistichealthmastery.com. Use the coupon code Ron Lee. Okay, so let's jump into today's show. What a show we have lined up for all of you today. I have the honor, the pleasure, and the privilege to introduce Somebody that I really feel is like a big brother to me. I really, truly feel like this individual is really like a brother to me because of the connection that was created between us a number of years ago and more recently really established uh, you know, a couple months ago because him and me 
were part of an amazing journey into the sacred land of Egypt, and we spent two weeks there with Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith, and there's a lot of synchronicities actually between me and this guest. His name is Keith Mitchell, and he has one of the most inspiring and uplifting and really powerful stories of transformation and finding his life's purpose that I've ever heard. And essentially, he was an NFL linebacker. He played professional football and was a star athlete growing up and was an amazing professional athlete. And one time, just a one chance encounter in his profession, he encountered or endured a spinal injury. And it took him completely out of the game and the profession that he loved. And, um, you know, he just had a really life-altering injury. And through that experience, that experience that would have left so many people sidelined, not just from their sport, but sidelined from life in a state of hopelessness, this man did not did not endure that fate. He actually basically used that experience to pull himself out of that injury, that debilitating injury, because he found yoga and he found meditation and breath work and he rebuilt his body through yoga and through breath work, which is amazing and miraculous in of itself. It, t- it tells you the power of a simple practice like yoga and becoming more mindful through the breath and meditation and mindfulness which is his focus, by the way. He loves to use the word mindfulness, I've noticed. And it really speaks, um, actually, to his personality. One thing I've noticed about him over the years is he is extremely centered and is extremely mindful of what's going on with himself and outside of himself as well, which is just really inspiring to be around. It's a powerful essence that he embodies. Uh, but anyways, that's he has an amazing story that we discuss in more detail, and I think it's going to inspire all of you to realize that no matter what challenges that we endure in our life, it's not that life is happening to us, but it could be that life is happening for us, and if we allow life to then happen through us, then we become an instrument, we become a divine conduit for insights and wisdom to to basically birth through us, and that way we find our real purpose on the planet. Sometimes we do have to be sidelined from the activities that we associate our personality or identity with, because that's not that's no longer the path that needs to be embarked for us to reach our highest potential in life. We sometimes have to be pulled out of it through a traumatic and life-altering circumstance, but if we can always hold the attitude that life is happening for us, then it becomes much easier to see the new path that's being laid before us, and that's that's really what Keith Mitchell is all about. That's what his story is about. That's what that's what everything this this guy does is all about. And I got a lot of love and admiration and respect for this individual. I've bonded and connected with him a lot more, especially during our Egyptian tour. Quick synchronicity note on that, by the way, is that neither one of us, I think, even knew that we were going to be on the trip together. But when we were at the airport at like 10 p.m., 10.30 p.m. in Los Angeles, getting ready to board the plane to Egypt, 
we saw each other in line and it was just an amazing moment. We gave each other a big hug. We were both ecstatic, couldn't even believe what was happening. And um, then we sent, then we spent the next two week, weeks in uh, that amazing, amazing temple of, of human history and the rest is history. And so this interview is near and dear to my heart, and I think it's going to touch something deep inside your heart as well. So without further ado, Keith Mitchell, enjoy. Keith Mitchell is a former NFL All-Pro linebacker whose career came to an abrupt end with a tackle that left him paralyzed. This life-altering event introduced Mitchell to his greater purpose. While bedridden, Keith became a master of conscious breath and mindfulness. After regaining movement, he used yoga to rebuild his body, thanks in part to overwhelming national media attention as well as the support of a few select individuals and organizations. Mitchell is making huge strides in changing the way we approach health and healing. He is a co-creator of the Congressional Yoga Association. His partnership with the University of Rochester birthed a care plan that provides holistic practices for healing PTSD in veterans. His passion project, the Lighted Up Foundation, brings together a national community to re-educate our approach to health, nutrition, physical, and emotional well-being. More than 10,000 people participated in the organization's most recent event in Los Angeles. Wow, it is my honor and my excitement to bring you on. Welcome to the show, Keith. Thanks for having me, Ronnie. It's been a while. It's been a long time. It, yeah, it has. I, um, you know, I'm thinking about the. I think it was like three and a half years ago or something uh, that we did an interview for that previous podcast show that I had, which was very temporary. And so I'm really excited to have you back on um, for this this podcast. And I mean, so much has happened, right, in the last three and a half years. Actually, I'm really curious, what has the last three and a half years been like for you before we kind of jump into all this? Well, you know, it's always a constant uh, growth and development. Uh, the, I've, what I've learned is the more you speak about, the more you're tested about the things you speak about. So <laughs> it's been one of those <laughs> learning-type processes for me. But, you know, it's, it's the spice of life. It, uh, it was, it's, it's the thing that wakes me up day to day and gets me excited about uh, possibility, opportunity, uh, love to learn it, to, 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 to receive it. And uh, I enjoy this life. It's amazing. Mm. Tell tell me about that a little bit. I you know I before we jumped on here, I noticed that almost like every sentence you said like triggered this this laughter, this like this um, how do you say like when you hear you know when you hear a comedian say something really true and it like you can't help but like laugh because of how true something is. Um, that's how I was feeling, and what you just said was so funny to me as a as a person who is using his voice to spread a message. It's funny because the more I speak and the more conviction I have behind my words, it does seem that life will present those very challenges to me to actually walk my talk. Yeah, but you know, that's the, I look at it as the, 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 the highest uh, opportunity that we have. And I guess it's, it sets us up to be the great speaker that you are and, 
and the teacher that I aspire to be. Uh, I think we we allow that authentic authenticity to to reach people. I think people can relate to it better. Uh, I don't believe you can be an effective teacher if you've never experienced anything. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, geez, like at its at its most core truth, right? It's um, you know what what you're saying actually is really it's bringing up a, just an important thing for me. Um, I think we're moving out of, as a culture, as a global society, however you want to look at it, I think we're moving out of this quote-unquote like guruship where we are placing other authoritative figures on a pedestal and we are actually, you know, as, as I guess, you know, orators or leaders or teachers, we are being invited to continuously walk our talk and to embody the truth that we are, um, you know, that I guess we're seeking in our own life. So it, it kind of reminds me of that phrase, um, you know, I'm not on a pedestal, right? Like I, I what's the phrase? Um, everyone bear with me as I, I conjured this up. I, um, the phrase is, I, oh yeah, I, I teach that which I need to learn, right? Totally, totally. And, and, the, and the thing about it is because you're speaking in, in, the, in the way that you're going at it from putting your podcast, putting your voice out there in the open, in the blast, right? Uh, it, it makes you that, uh, that pedestal type teacher, if you will. Because, and the reason why I say that is because most people, the reason why they, most people don't speak about it is because, because when you're put out there, you allow the darts to be thrown at you. You allow yourself to be exposed. That's a certain level of vulnerability. So to have the boldness to go out and speak this truth now, that puts you on the pedestal because a lot of people, majority of the population doesn't have that boldness right now. Hmm. What that, you know, I'm so I'm interested. What has your experience been like in that in that scenario? Because you clearly speak from a place of, of um, embodied experience. So I'm curious what as a as a, a public figure, a teacher, um, a voice for a message and an incredibly positive and transformative message. What has your experience been in that way? Well, you know, it's a like the, the journey of going in is is very interesting. I, I studied this um, this teacher, Alan Watts. He's one of my favorite mm-hmm. teachers, and he talks about the circle. And in, in in regards to the circle, you can't have the the outer circle without having the inner circle. You can't have the the outer circle without having the inner circle. Hopefully, I said that both. <laughs> but uh, so when you're going inside and you're looking at the inner circle but you're not relating to the outer circle, then you're missing like the 50% of the element in which you are. And, and there's, a, there's a really simple saying that I've taken from since I was a little kid. When you know better, you do better. Mm. So as you go and journey inside and you find this bliss and you find this healing opportunity inside, well, then that's going to perpetuate you automatically to go into the environment in which you live because that's a direct connection to who you are. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I I definitely have studied Alan Watts for a while. Is that actually what you just said inspired me to to revisit his material? And that's a really powerful point, right? Because oftentimes I feel as though we can be very compartmentalized. We can fragment the different aspects of our personality, of our spirit, if you will. And sometimes that can cause. Um, a lack of integration for for um, 
lack of a different way of saying it. I feel as though really the the calling that a lot of us have now in our in our time is to not to not to uh, ignore certain aspects of us or or aspects that we may not prefer like like our shadow self or or something of that nature um you know our a less pleasing aesthetic aspects but we're actually being called to integrate all the different fragments or fractals of who we are in order to become a truly embodied and holistic human being well yeah well that's the point again the integration is still our our resistance to the reality you know, the reality is that we are a collective. There's no compartmentalizers. There's no, you know, the, you know, the saying is my skin, the bridge or the barrier to the universe. And, it, and, and again, the, the idea when you know better, you do better. So looking at our, our situations in our lives, in our communities, things that are happening where we have these practices and you, you really see it all the time. And especially in the conscious world, you know, you have a yoga teacher who's taking the teacher training and she's still like, I'm afraid to teach or he, or I'm afraid to teach mm-hmm. or the speaker. Who's like, I have this message I want to get out, but I'm afraid to do it, you know, or finding my purpose. Well, that's showing you clearly that again, when you know better, you do better. And no one has to coax you into this. It's like, it's, it's, it's a, it's like it, it's a natural progression. It allows you as you, you know, like you said in the beginning, you teach to where you come from. If you've been traumatized, you speak to the trauma because that that's the continuation of healing yourself. And you know that naturally. No one has to tell you this. You know, it's like you you came in through the uh, the culinary, the, the, the food aspect, the nutritional aspect that leads you to the podcast that leads you to uh, the, the books and then self-development because you recognize how food has a direct impulse to the, the consciousness of a person. It's a direct correlation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have to be open to and, and accept again, because it's never good or bad. It's just where we are. And we, when we recognize where we are then we can allow ourselves to grow into this space that's just so needed for us. Mm, really well put. I, I feel as though I want to ask you, before I, I go into our, our core direction, I do want to ask you this question because I think it came up in, in, this, in your, your sharing here. How have, you, how have you dealt with the concept or the feeling of fear because that's what kind of came up in one of the things you just mentioned. Um, you know, people are afraid. You know, you mentioned the 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 yoga, the yoga the yoga practitioner that's in teacher training that is in preparation to teach, right? But there is some kind of core fear or hesitancy to embody that. Um, I'm just curious, like, what's been your experience with the concept, or again, the 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 feeling of fear, and how have you maybe overcome that? Well, fear has been so embedded in us, uh, in a sense of, you know, our whole conditioning and to, and to act as if fear will ever leave, uh, is in my opinion, a fallacy. So now as we start to look at fear and realize we're going to be dealing with fear, now you can break down fear in a sense of it has a high note, it has a low note, it has a positive side, it has a negative side. So if fear is going to be in my life, what's, what, well, how, what range of this fear am I going to choose to live in? 
And that's the consciousness of this. So when I can use fear as a concept to to be a motivator for me, when I can trans because it's energy, right? So I'm transforming this energy to to manifest in the way that I needed to show up in my life. And so every time fear would come into my life, I would just create something bigger. I create something bigger. I put myself on a bigger stage. I'll put myself in another place that's just out of my comfort zone. Because again, I, that's that's the expansion of growth. That's allowing that glass ceiling that's been there since birth, since my conditioning, uh, to allow that to constantly be uh, pushed, and and to realize that ceiling doesn't exist is pretty amazing. Because then, uh, guess what? Then you can go teach uh, you can go teach a yoga class or, st- or start a congressional yoga association with Congress. You can start. Uh, you can do a meditation at the White House. Uh, you can create programs of meditation with LAPD. <laughs> you know, you can do all these different things. I mean, it's so funny because I had uh, LAPD smelling essential oils. I was thinking <laughs> in the beginning, I was like, well, you know, these guys, they may not really, you know, want this. They may think this is weird. But, you know, I'm like, since I heard the voice, I was like, well, I'm going to do it anyway. And, I, you know, I have these masculine men, you know, we hear all these stories about the LAPD and they're coming up to me afterwards like, where did you get those essential oils? Where can I get some? <laughs> it was so funny, but it, it's like that's the work, and that's how impactful we, you know, this work is, and we know it is, and it's, it's again so, so such a cool dynamic here is because we don't have to ever reinvent the wheel because we've had so many pioneers before us that come down and lay an amazing foundation platform for us, and all we have to do is uh, be that bridge, if you will, to the people who don't know about it. Mm. I really, I really like that. You're right. Um, we, we, you know, it's never been easier to do the work that we're called to do. All we have to do is just answer the call. You know, I, I love what um, one of my mentors, Michael Bernard Beckwith, who I know you're you're very familiar with. Um, he has this great saying: is that you know we don't need to pray to God for a blessing. God is praying that we wake up and answer the call. Right. (laughs) And I just when I heard that for the first time, I it's a shock wave of like laughter, but like just this really visceral thing went through me because I realized like, wow, you know, it's like many, many are called, but few choose. Right. And so when we answer the call to our own, you know, spiritual impulse, if you want, or what or just that subtle that subtle calling like you just mentioned of like you know oh i don't know if these 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 tough masculine men are going to necessarily be into this they might think this is woo woo or whatever but you know what it sounds like to me and what you said is that because you had the resistance you you needed to actually do it like that was part of your navigation is that if you had a resistance to something that was actually a calling for you to do that is that is that correct that's exactly it. Okay. Exactly it. Yeah. And, and and you can, I even, you know, it feels like that's more of like an intuition. If, if my inner voice is saying, don't do it, uh, I push that. I push that. I, I open the door and I say, I'm, I'm going to do this. You know, it happened. It shows up in our personal relationships when we're trying to fix matters in our personal life. You know, I had, a, you know, issues with my father growing up and things like that. And, and my, and, and that little voice would say, well, don't tell him you love him. 
don't don't mm. don't give him a hug. You know, he may think you're weak. He may think you're like, you know, you don't have your power and, and things like that or whatever craziness that, you, you know, can come into your mind. And when I would hear that voice, I would do it. I would give him the hug. I would tell him I love him, you know, mm. that. And, and that's the cool thing. Again, it's just being bold and stepping out and 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 it's a power play. And that's why I say, you know. Don't be ashamed of the pedestal if people want to give that to you. It, it's okay. It doesn't mean, from a conscious perspective, it doesn't mean we're any better than anybody else because we realize that they have the power too. They're just not stepping into it. So until they step into it, we can hold space for them. And that's what the amazing thing with this conscious life that we're choosing to live, yourself, myself, and, and p- other people that we know, uh, you know, if they want to do the pedestal thing, so be it. But we know the mission because we're, you know, and we know where we're coming from. So, um, you know, it, it is what it is. It's our, it's this crazy world we live in. <laughs> so actually speaking of a crazy world and a little bit of a chaotic feel, I want to, um, I want to go right into the, into the core here. You know, you have an amazing background and especially for someone like me, because I grew up as an aspiring athlete professional, both as a basketball player and, um, a martial artist. And I actually was paralleling careers, professional careers in both, both, uh, you know, sports. Um, and you know, I, I guess my question is pretty personal, but I'll try to I'll try to um, objectify it in a way to just make it more relatable for everyone. Um, you know, you but but what I want to say before I ask this question is that you actually lived your childhood dream. Like for me, I got to kind of taste it a little bit, but then life changed and um, I went about my way on the work that I do now. But you were actually fully immersed in your childhood dream of being a professional athlete. So um, what I what I want to ask is just for you to please share your experience from living your childhood dreams as a professional athlete to what it was like to being seriously injured and sidelined and ultimately to finding your new path in life, which is what you could, what you consider to be your greater greatest purpose. Like I just really, I really want to know what that, that experience was like for you. Well, you know, it's, it kind of, that reminds me of the saying when you, when you reach for, uh, you shoot for the moon and you come up short of the moon, you catch the stars. For me, when I could hit the moon, it realized me that the opportunity, the possibility is there. And I believe and I encourage everyone to always shoot for that, that the highest possible thing you could think of, the outlandish thought you could think of as a destination. Uh, because if, you know, sometimes we create these ceilings so low and, and we create a frustration from it and, and we're creating it for ourselves. But for me, by, by having that as a childhood dream and, and aspiring to do that and, and choosing that role and living that role my whole life, you know, recognizing it's coming from a conditioned mindset mm-hmm. of what people say success is, not what I say success is, what people say happiness and all these types of words and define these words were not really my definition of these words. And and for me, uh, once my career came to a halt, to an end through my injury, 
I was just in that vulnerable space of openness. Um, it, it was an openness of not knowing I was open, but I, w- I was helpless and I, and, I, and I had to fight for my life, if you will. So uh, in, in looking at it like that and being in it real time like that, I didn't have time to waste. I didn't have time to negotiate. It was all about healing. So that gives me an idea of if you truly want to heal, well, you don't get caught up in the things of this is difficult, this is that, and this is the other. It's like you get the agenda, you get the, you know, get the playbook, and these are the plays we're going to run. You know, it's kind of like even how I teach meditation. The intention is your playbook, your, your, your mat is your practice field, and in life, it's game time. Uh, so it's like it's like that's the only th- the goal. The goal is to heal, and if your goal is to heal, then you can you can have your healing. You can have your you can have your transformation. You can have your attainment. Uh, it's getting your mind right, and that's really another aspect of this whole thing that we teach. Is everything is a mindset, and again, you can look at the high note or you can live in the low notes of of these things that we call life, and. Uh, uh, but you know it, it, that's where your, your power obviously is in the high note, the high vibrational things, which go into the food, which goes into the music, the people, mm. because they're all functioning on a frequency. And uh, and you, you, the lifestyle that you choose to live is the frequency that you have to you know nurture. Uh, and you'd be happy about this, Ronnie. I'm a I'm a vegetarian now. Oh, <laughs> I've been really? a vegetarian for about a year. And uh, it's, it's again, it's a continuation of the growth, a continuation of the learning, and 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 to maintain this frequency that we're talking about. Hopefully, I answered that question. I kind of went around it, but you know. Yeah. Well, you just oh man. Well, you just brought up a new one. I'm gonna put what you just said. I'm gonna bullet point that and put it on the side because I want to return to that for a moment. But um, I do want to ask you know. When I think back on on what it was like for me as a as an athlete, I remember, um, you know, I didn't have my father in my life either, and I had a very pretty much confusing and angry kind of upbringing in my own my own kind of uh, I guess trying to figure out my identity and who I was and what I was on this planet for. Um, and I used martial arts and basketball as a vehicle to create. Um, or to find an identity, to find something inside of me that I could pour my 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 drive and ambition into um, that would guide me in a more positive direction, and it did. But I found that um, through injuries, when I had my own um, sideline and I had to question my direction, my identity came up for question a number of times because, as a lot of us in the sports world, um, and I guess in any kind of you know business or any kind of thing we're involved in, there can be that 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 tightrope of where your your quote unquote identity as a human being or your self worth gets tied to this vocation or this career. And I'm just curious, like, did that come up for you at all? Did you did you have like what we might consider a a, a quote unquote identity crisis, or were you kind of did you not even have that come up for you? Did was it were you able to transition out of that um, psychologically speaking? Of course, it's a it's a midlife crisis, and yeah, okay. and really what it boils down to is uh, your your compensation, your emotional compensation for the love that you wanted to receive in your life. You know the things where you felt you miss, you're trying to compensate in this other thing to fulfill that. You know, and again, a lot of it, 
<clears throat> unfortunately, comes from a lot of chaos. You know, the people who've attained the most have been hurt the most. They've been denied the most. They've been neglected the most. And, un and that's unfortunate. And, 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 and like things like sports, uh, unlike being, you know, you know, you got attorneys, you got doctors who can live the life forever and hold that role. But but athletes are, and actors, entertainers are cut short. So they have to deal with the transition most of the times. And, and it's, it's, it is a midlife crisis because, again, you're in this role, but you're never educated why you chose this role. You know, like I had this idea, well, yeah, I love football, but if you really break that idea of love down, what, what, what can you possibly love about hitting 300 pounders that are trying to take you out? You know, your brain is every on every hit. Your brain is bouncing around in your in your cavity, your skull cavity. You know, you're you're breaking fingers, you're breaking knees, you're doing all these types of things. That's your interpretation of love. I'm like, okay, I don't want that kind of love. <laughs> you know? uh, but but that's what we're calling love, and we're justifying it. And and it's really not love of the game per se like i always say the athlete is not typically the athlete for the athletics he's typically the athlete because of all the things that comes with being an athlete out of admiration the love the self you know fulfilling the self-worth side you know these types of things you know that's what we're really pulling from when we when we have this attainment or this idea for att attainment until we come into more of a conscious state of of being uh, and we define these words for ourselves and not living others, other people's definition of these different words. Mm, yeah, you know, I'm okay. So I want to ask now, um, how did yoga come into the picture for you? Well, yoga, when, you know, I found conscious breathing and from conscious breathing was more so set a, a, a mindset where I could realize I could be a part of the participation of my healing uh, I had something to do with it mm. uh, yoga became the another uh, uh, a dynamic to the equation because my body was physically hurt uh, and it had physical emotional psychological wounds to it that I had never considered or felt uh, the body's ability to adapt to the, uh, the 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 crazy circumstances that we that we live in is phenomenal. So, but when the body realizes it doesn't have to be on guard so much, <laughs> mm. well, then all the uh, the endorphins, if you will, or all these hormones that protect us uh, and keep us tense, they begin to relax. And in in that, for my body, uh, that pain, every step I would take, uh, I was just inflamed. It was just, you know, it wasn't a good feeling. So for me, yoga was one of those things that I could go in. I could take, I could be the carver, right? I could be the carver to myself, to my transformation. And I could go into my body and and start carving the things out, the wounds, uh, healing, stitching, uh, mending, all these types of things and abuse that I had done to myself physically, mentally, emotionally. And I could, I could allow those things to relax and, and let go of those things. Mm, yeah, and one of the things that you that you uh, say in your bio is that you use conscious breathing and yoga to literally rebuild your body, and I find that an interesting phrase or interesting use of words because oftentimes we think like building our body, like lifting weights to quote unquote rebuild 
the musculature of our body, right? That's kind of just what my interpretation or whatever, you know, what many of us would think. So many of us wouldn't think like yoga or conscious breathing would help rebuild someone's body. And you clearly had a devastating injury that most people um, really honestly can't relate to in terms of like the severity of it, but you were able to use your practice and the conscious breathing to heal yourself and to be a participant in your healing, as you just said. So um, I don't know if anything comes up for you in what I just said, but I'm curious about that. Like the, the, the idea that you could use yoga and conscious breathing to rebuild your body again. I'm, I just want to kind of tune into that. Well, yeah, totally. Because from a, from a, again, the polarity, the high note, the low note as a, as a victor, when I realize I can participate, like I have something to do with it. Like if you notice, a lot of people are living in the lowest vibration of this thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, life has happened to me. Uh, you know, like give me a pill to fix me. Things like that. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that will never fix you. No one can ever heal you besides you. You have to give and allow the permission of the healing to take place within your entity. And when you recognize that you are doing this, you realize in life, in life, we are doing this. Relationships, we are doing this. You know, whether it be financially, whether it be the social relationship, all these types of things are happening. We're thinking these people are doing this to us. We are participating in this. We're bringing these types of energies into our lives. We're eating these types of foods that are making us sick. Mm-hmm. We're, we're perpetuating these types of relationships and things like that. We are participating. So as we're participating to do the damage, we have to participate to do the work to heal. Mm. Whoa, that was really well stated. Um, That is such a great point, Keith, is that we, you know, oftentimes people will live in those those, um, victim-like vibrations, and they just want to be kind of like, how do you say, um, uh, they want to be passive, like, observers or maybe even passive participants where it's like yeah I'll put that in my mouth but you have to give me the pill and tell me what it is or or in fact doctor don't even tell me what it is just give it to me I'll put it in my mouth tell me how much and will and I'll go about my life doing all the same things I did before right um so until somebody hits the guardrail, so to speak, enough times where they bruise themselves or they get that wake-up call that life is continuously trying to send their way, until that, that, that alarm gets louder and louder and louder, until the moment where we don't actually have a choice to ignore it. It's so loud in our face, um, it quote-unquote sidelines us from our, you know, from our day-to-day, so... I just find that a really interesting idea um, is that we really truly have to participate in our healing, in our transformation, in our everything that we're, you know, in our life essentially, like every area of our life, we have to continuously become a participant and basically get off the sidelines, right? Right, right. And, what, and really what we're talking about on another note is empowerment. Right. You know, how did we give our power away? What made us, what conditions us to like say, okay, my health is in your hand and not in my hand. You know, where did we lose that? And I believe the, the amazing starting point, because again, our physical body uh, is so tangible when we can see that certain things change that we are participating in, how we're participating in is creating the change 
now you, it, it's, it's an expansion of consciousness because now you've had an experience of change, transformation. Now what else can I do? What else can I create? And now I can help somebody else. Now, again, see how I mentioned that. So in the beginning, the, the idea of going on the inside and building the inside is a natural progression to helping what's on the outside. Again, no one has to tell you this. This is a natural thing. This is naturally instilled, inherited in us. This is, this is our existence. And we realize this on so many levels. It's just letting the layers go that keep us from living like this and being like this. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, speaking of letting go. I'm, I'm curious. Why did you? Why have you um, chosen to be a vegetarian over the last year? <laughs> well, you know, um, I met this uh, <clears throat> interesting doctor. Uh, guru he wasn't a doctor his name is dr sabi and uh you know of course being in la i've met a lot of amazing uh nutritionalist people who you know that uh spoke and had tons of knowledge about nutrition but this particular guy just you know he connected to my left brain and uh and you know his name is dr sabi he's out in honduras i actually went to go study with him and learn from him i took my mother out there as well um and, you know, he just it just made so much sense. And, and, and for me, because I've been this um, highly disciplined individual, which is another thing that I believe people have to, you know, build an art of this word. I don't like to use it so much of discipline, but we can create an art of, you know, uh, this this forward thinking. But because I had the discipline and I had come from that background uh, when it made sense to my left brain, my, you know, the, the brain that's trying to build the blocks to make it make sense. Mm. Uh, I could take the agenda and apply it immediately. And I stopped like cold Turkey eating meat, uh, realizing what meat was actually doing to me. When you, when you educate yourself, you become, you know, you create this certain level of consciousness. You, you, well, you can't be dumb again. If you understand what meat and these things do to you, the carbonated waters, the fast food, these types of things. Not saying I was still eating that, but when you realize this is what it does to you, well, then if you have any idea of loving yourself, mm. well, then you recognize how you're not loving yourself and how you become very, you know, uneasy inside when you do these things to yourself. So you, it makes you, you have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Yeah, I guess so. when the when the light bulb goes on, then everything turns on. Totally. Um, it's really interesting to me because um, I haven't, you know, I, I hope that we'll get to connect in person when I go back to Southern California, but we haven't seen each other in years. And I remember seeing you like clearly you are you are a physical specimen that, you know, obviously trained his whole life and is, you know, by a lot of people's standards, like really big, muscularly cut, defined, um, tall, you know, all that kind of thing. And so I'm curious, like how, how has your body shifted and changed like, um, from the muscular perspective, um, over the last year? Cause a year is a good amount of time to really feel the, the effects, um, of that kind of, of change. So I'm curious, like just in your, your, I guess even your energy, just all together, like what have some of the, the shifts that you might've experienced been physically? Ah, oh, great question. You know, my clarity, 
you're you talking about I've been doing things specifically to literally just pop and activate my pineal gland. Mm. Uh, all the things like the concussions that I had being a football player, uh, you know, really activated my mind to be open. Uh, you know, those are the things I noticed from the beginning. I know that's outside the body, but uh, for me, that was huge. Uh and my physical body has changed as well. I'm able to hold muscle, but I, I dropped a little bit more weight, but uh, but I'm like a machine. It's like, the it's so crazy. I'm like, um, you know, looking at myself is, is, and seeing the, the definition of the muscle and seeing the, uh, the separation of the muscle is like quite fascinating. I, I've mm. been so intrigued by just, just the chemistry of, of, of the minerals and, and, and things like that and how they can play in the herbs. Oh man, the herbs, the healing in <laughs> the herbs, uh, and how food is your fuel to this. And it fuel also dictates your behavior, you know, your, your consciousness, you know, uh, your moods and, 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 and things like that. So it's just been an educational process for me, uh, a continuation of the mindfulness, a continuation of meditation, the yoga, uh, so I can help other people in their in their goals of wanting to uh, be in this uh, more empowered life uh, of living, way of living. So mm. it's been a great transformation for me. I, I want to show guys that you can still maintain muscle uh, and and uh, be a vegetarian. Right, and that you know that that's um, that's really important. I feel like because one of the things that I've noticed in the I guess the athletic and bodybuilding circles is that there are a lot of really compassionate and heart-centered guys there, despite what a lot of people might consider um, or think about. Um, and they actually want to, they're very interested in making that shift. They realize that we cannot perpetuate things like factory farming and the dairy industries and, and kind of the, the reality of the cruelty that's in those industries. And yet they have this fear that, if they don't eat meat products, they're going to whittle up and, you know, fade away. And so I think it's just such an important example that people like you and many other people um, in that world set is that like, hey, look, like, you know, I was a pro football player. You want to talk about, you know, somebody that was, you know, probably, yeah, I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I mean, I assume that you were doing what most football players do, you know, food wise. Um and so, like, if you, if someone like you could come from that background to where you're at, not just with the yoga, that's a humongous shift, but then also, you know, being a vegetarian, um, like, I just think that's a huge beacon of light for humanity. Yeah, I, I agree. But I'm, I'm still doing the research on, like, the things like a football player. Now, there's another dynamic to it that I'm noticing just from my evaluation of myself. You know, when you cut out a lot of the, the excess in food, well, the layers, the armor, if you will, for the outside shell, uh, they're not as, yes. you know, you're, you're, you're thinning out the layers. Yes. Like the less body fat you have, well, then the more uh, pounding is going to go directly to the muscle. Yes. So what I'm learning from that is that <clears throat> a game such as football, the more violent type games where they're taking the physical brute punishment you know, I'm still playing around with that, but they, it seems like you have to have certain layers of armor mm. to protect yourself because a blow directly to the muscle uh, is totally different than a blow with some, you know, some uh, 
some space between the muscle, mm. you know, the excess fat and fluid and things like that that you may need to absorb that blow. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. That's a, actually, that's a brilliant point. I've never heard anyone actually say it like that, and I totally agree. As an athlete, I know what you're talking about, and um, I guess that it, that would be fascinating just to actually talk to football players or any any athlete in particular because I imagine your diet would be different depending on the position that you play. Yes, totally. Um, the the linemen, uh, the the guys who are taking, but you know the guys are running so so fast these days. It's like you got three hundred pounders catching uh, the receivers these days. So. Mm. Uh, it seems like everybody needs some of that extra armor just to pack on and to to, mm-hmm. to take the the brute force of playing such a violent game such as football. But uh, <laughs> what we're what we're discovering though from from the transition of being a vegetarian though uh, is once you're done, well then there's a lot of things that we can do to get you into that transition mm-hmm. to take you out of the depression to rebuild your nervous system uh, to create that clarity that you that you would want. Uh, in need for the second tier of your life, uh, life after sports. So that's what uh, that's the good thing about where we are and what we're discovering now. So really excited about what we're learning, and I can't wait for you to come back to LA so I can learn from you as well. Mm, that's so cool. I and that's a great perspective too. Is that this is the ideal? I, I believe. I truly believe that this is definitely the ideal approach. For healing, when somebody is making a transition from, you know, maybe their youthful activities, whether that's sports or just burning themselves out. I mean, geez, we have an epidemic of people that are just burning the candle at both ends um, for their career or for whatever their goals are. And then they get about 40 or 45 years old and they realize, like, wow, I just can't keep this up. I got to, like, I really got to slow down or I got to change some things. So that's inspiring. Um, so, you know, with the time we have left, I really want to I really want to talk to you about your your the I want to say your experiences, but um I want to focus in on some of the organizations or some of the work that you've been doing. I know that you've done a lot of work to inspire children, which is uh, I mean, that's that is huge for me to inspire the next generation to live healthier, happier, more vibrant, stronger. Um, yeah, can you tell us about some of the, you know, the work that you've been doing with um, the younger generation and any other work that you've been doing? Well, yeah, I'm definitely inspired to work with the, the, the youth of our, our nation. Uh, and actually, we're going abroad. We're going to be in Nepal in uh, October, we're building a school uh, out there. Uh, mm. But what we want to do for the investment with our youth in this perspective of mindfulness is get them educated uh, with mindfulness, and, and you know whether it be through meditation, whether it be through yoga, which is contemplation, whatever it may be through. But to get them on the path of not attaching to the, the, the you know the things that we kind of attach to that I'm not this, I'm not that. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. These things like that. And if we can allow ourselves to build this equity, I like to call it, in ourselves, then we have more ownership of our entity uh, than than someone like, you know, in our generation, we were never taught these things. And so we live this whole experience uh, off other definitions by other people. So the more the early we can catch our youth with this approach, 
I think it, it creates a, a different paradigm in, in the world. Uh, that's one initiative. We also have the initiative with the first responders. We're working with uh, LAPD uh, with the meditation, consciousness, mindfulness, uh, uh, that approach. We, we get booked to uh, speak with and work with all types of peak performers uh, uh, groups. We're going to do a couple retreats uh, this year. We're going to Bali. Uh, we're going to uh, Egypt, uh, different places like that to get people out of their element to to, to find themselves in a space where they can really uh, dive into themselves and really uh, allow that transformation to happen more efficiently that way. So we kind of get booked to speak in all different aspects of, of, of the world, it seems, these days. Uh, but our initiatives are to, to people, to that masculine energy that wouldn't typically be open to, uh, to, to meditate or be mindfulness. And we're, we've been one of those... Uh, guess one of those vehicles that's been kind of uh taking these practices into these doors where they would typically be closed and uh getting people to try for the first time and they've gotten really amazing results from it and 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 to hopefully create a continuation for their practice and so forth so uh my information my website keithmitchell59.com i got a new i'm revamping my website um making it more interactive uh, to show how we can work together in the communities or outside the community at which I live. Uh, so we're going to, we're looking to, for some really big things in 17 and, and doing some impactful things. We're going to do another event, uh, city event in LA, uh, like we did uh, the Mindful 5K uh, we, that we had about 10,000 people. Uh, we did it at the LA Coliseum, really educating people on holistic ways of living and being uh, so we're, we're looking to do that again in 17. So uh, we're going to keep this thing going. We got a lot of momentum. We're going to do some books. I got some books, uh, ideas that we're going to put out. Uh, I've been procrastinating on that <laughs> a little bit, but we're going to get that out. So I'm very excited about what's coming up and, and the people that we're going to look to meet. And yeah, so uh, mm. it's going to be great. That's that is awesome. I'm so I'm so proud of you. I'm so inspired by, you know, all the work that you've done. And um, I mean, you're just an amazing human being. So I mean, I'm just thankful to not only have this conversation with you, but that you that a human being like you actually exists like that. I'm grateful for that in of itself. Right. Um, uh, And it sounds like a lot of your work is really geared towards the masculine archetype. That's just what that's kind of what comes up for me is that it seems like a lot of what you're you're the people that you're sharing with um, or we use the word masculine a few times, I think um, it, it just seems like you're really helping to. Um, bring this this yogic and this conscious, mindful element to uh, the masculine archetype. Yeah, and and really, what I mean by masculine, because nowadays it's not predicated to men right. <clears throat> in this instance, because you have a lot of women living in more of a masculine role. Uh, you have kids living that masculine role in a sense of defense mechanism. So we're speaking more energetically mm -hmm. uh, and, and because the feminine energy is more the openness and in the openness in that word we call vulnerability is where you're most powerful because you are open to being uh, taught, learn different things, connect more, be more. So in the masculine concept, it defers things. It, it, uh, it blocks off things, you know? So when you're living high in that masculine role, 
you don't really present yourself the, the your highest potential to to have growth and development. So that's what I mean by that masculine masculinity uh, that we are teaching to. Uh, so that's how we kind of break that down. Okay, cool. Yeah, I really like that. Um, what I, I would love for the benefit of the audience and me as well. Uh, what are some maybe uh, like one, two, or even three practical tools that any of us can use to stabilize maybe emotional balance, reduce anxiety through the practice of conscious breathing? Well, definitely. Um, that's a great question. Um, I didn't see that question coming, but I got an answer for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually I'm going to go to my, my book and some of the titles that we have and the book that we're going to, we're doing, if I can find it, but uh, first I would say uh, it's very important, uh, define your words. You know, realizing that words have and carry so much weight, more, more from our unconscious realm of understanding than our conscious realm. So words, like we talked uh, in, this, in, this, in this interview about success, you know, create a definition of success for yourself. Uh, you know, things like that. Uh, so, cause that's going to show up when you're creating intentions, we're creating when you're, whether you pray, whether you meditate, whatever, whatever words come up in your dialogue. So they're going to, these, these words are going to show you and tell you where you are. You know, the interesting thing we say a lot is to, to hear yourself is to see yourself, mm. you know? So that's, that's one of the most important parts of this whole concept is to, uh, um, yeah, to 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 define your words. Second, I would say is um, is uh, give yourself one thing, uh, one thing to 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 pick in the sense of what you want to work on with yourself. What do you want to grow? And give it no ceiling. You know, mm. give it no ceiling, meaning allow it to have the full expression possible. Whether you want to, uh, you know, be an artist. Will give yourself the the true essence of of a foundation to grow your ability to be an artist. Whether you want to have better relationships, well, when those voices come up of stopping you from having better relationships through communication, allow yourself to grow beyond those boundaries of thoughts and allow yourself to have this uh, these communications and things like that. Um, and I'm trying to find some other ones, um, uh, but. Those are those are two right there that I have for you uh, now. Let me let me find. Uh, um, okay, and then and then third, uh, create a practice of being the observer, mm -hmm. and and from this, as you're like defining your words, as you're giving yourself this one thing to. Uh, to work on, to grow, and giving it no ceiling. Allow yourself to be the observer in this. And what I mean by the observer is Jay Krishnamurti, which is another teacher that I love. Uh, he says the highest form of human intelligence is to be able to observe oneself without judgment. So as you see yourself, as you see yourself progress, as you see yourself fail, there's no good, there's no bad. Just allow yourself to have the experience, and when you fail, allow yourself to get back on. 
encourage yourself to get back on because you have to be your number one fan when all else around you uh you know leaves uh have go through their experiences of life their highs their lows you have to be consistent in your life and as an observer you allow yourself the the idea of cultivating because this is very important cultivation and in this cultivation we have compassion we have patience because that's in anything that needs to grow or, or it's going to be allowed to grow. It has to have the permission. And through the permission we will give ourselves, it's going to be under compassion and patience. Because we have to be patient with ourselves because we're going to make mistakes. But allow ourselves to not be defined by the mistakes that we make. So those will be the three things that I, I believe uh, we could start with right now, today, this mm-hmm. moment. Mm, those those were powerful and um i i'm i you know one of the things came up for me as you were talking about this idea of using your language and defining what success is for you it made me think of um deepak deepak chopra and one of his one of his um practices is that as we're kind of doing what you were talking about he has a technique called anchoring it in so um, you know, so you'll, you'll say your quote unquote, your mantra or your affirmation, your invocation, but then you'll have like the ohm following it. Something that, that uses the breath to anchor it into the body. Because what I found is that a lot of times for me and a lot of times for other people, we'll do these like mental gymnastic routines almost, right? Like, we'll we'll kind of like will will reaffirm things a lot of times but there's that there's that that hitch like there's that that um sometimes there's a gap with like uh uh integrating it or anchoring it in so i i was i'm curious like do you also in your practice um do you use like breath work to anchor your i guess your invocation in yes totally i mean the breath is uh is 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 an opinion is the is the baseline of your expression it's the baseline of your communication and then communicating with yourself is is important is 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 a necessity to be able to breathe this in um and that's why we have the interesting practices such as the the breathing practices the meditation or yoga if you will whatever you like to do from a physical standpoint but in our physical practice is the perfect opportunity like i said before your intention like you were talking about um deepak's theory uh my deal is your intention is your playbook Mm. like what plays am i running what am i letting go what am i defining what words am i defining how am i going to use this in my life and as you create this practice feel of of uh, allowing yourself to run these plays then it, prepare, it prepares you for life. So, so the anxiety, certain anxieties come up, certain twisted positions come up that allows you the complications of saying, well, I don't know if I can do this, the fear, things like that. Uh, they constantly come up. So the only time that you can see this in a sense of, uh, of, of, of like real life uh, happenings is to put yourself through a practice. If you notice everything that we do in life, there's a, there's a practice except living life. <laughs> you know <laughs> everything that we do except living life we have practices for you get a job they give you a practice job for about a month and then you get the real job you go through the schools the practices go to the next school you know it's all these types of things that we have uh practices for uh you have a test you got a practice test 
but for life, we don't have a practice for living life and interacting and loving and being lovable and these things like this. So we have to create these practices in our day to day. And this is why meditation, this is why a yoga can be very interesting uh, to implement these intentions of, in ways that we want to ch- and choose to live uh, through this way. I find that a really interesting perspective, creating, creating like, um, you know, preparation checkpoints, because like you said, in life, in the actual art of living life, we weren't really giving a user manual. So um, we have a lot of arbitrary kind of practices that are more societally based um, for living, you know, according to society's uh, rules, but for just living an organic life. Um, we really weren't really given a user's manual, so we kind of have to create that blueprint for ourselves. Totally, totally, and uh, and I believe once we get uh, get hunkered down in these types of practices, we'll realize how we'll constantly need these practices because we'll constantly be challenged uh, in these areas that we want to live in our highest in our highest uh, self or our highest way of of living, and we'll constantly be challenged. Uh, by that through relationships, uh, you know, relationships are, you know, happening in so many different facets, whether it be work, personal, family, uh, things like that. And so we'll constantly be in that uh, conflict uh, stage in a sense, not conflict from a negative standpoint, but from con- conflict in a sense that you would have to engage in it. Uh, mm. So so we have to be sharp. And and this is the but this is why we practice. This is why we practice, because it's a necessity we want. I, I, I say the more equity you have in the building, the more you own it, the more you become responsible for it. Mm. Uh, and so this is, uh, this is a continuation of the, of the, of the work we're doing, the, the internal work, the self-work, as well as the collective work. Mm. Well, that was a really great point to conclude on. Um, wow, wow, wow. I almost want to keep pushing that button, but um, we'll 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 final we'll we'll you know we'll create the space to conclude from there. Um, if, is there any any parting insights or words that you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah, I love to engage with you on my website. My new website is coming out. It should be out in August. Um, uh, KeithMitchell59.com, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, KeithMitchell59.KeithMitchell59, uh, Keith Instagram, KeithMitchell59, Facebook. Uh, connect with me, ask questions. I do a lot of, uh, you know, sporadic uh, thoughts uh, and put uh, interesting things out because I believe it's all yoga. Yoga means union, so the union is the 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 systems that are the, or the, the the issues that are happening in our world. I you know constantly keep that uh, in a flow because I be, I believe that uh, no one's gonna just like our personal issues, our personal transformation. No one's gonna uh, solve your personal transformation, but you. So just like the issues that are happening in our world, no one's going to solve these issues but us. So uh, they have to constantly be on our minds and and we have to constantly be up to date with what's going on so we can know how to uh, prepare for it. Uh, And if you're a teacher, to be a better teacher, if you're a student, to to understand what uh, eventually I'll be able to teach, things like that. It's again that's the importance of, of this thing that we're spreading in a sense of yoga and meditation or mindfulness. Mm, wonderful. Whew, thank you so much for joining me, Keith. Thank you for having me, Ronnie.
It's a pleasure. I can't wait to see you when you get back to LA. Yeah, yeah, that that's uh, that's going to be really fun, and I look forward to that. Oh, for everyone listening, thank you all as always for tuning into another episode of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show with our special guest Keith Mitchell and. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I really enjoyed this conversation on a number of levels, and this will be one of those that I continue to listen to all the time. really cool thing about having my own podcast is that I get to bring on the people that I want to interview in a selfish way, kind of, because I get to create my own kind of database of of amazing conversations that I get to listen to on my own, but it's really amazing that all of you get to tune into it and we can share the brilliance and all this great information and insight that we, that we receive from all our guests like Keith. So thank you guys for tuning in and we will catch you on the next episode. Aloha.